Well, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You have finally tuned in once again to the greatest pro wrestling podcast in the history of the world, Ringside Chaos. And I'm not going to waste any more time. I'd like to finally introduce you to the show for the first time, the one and only from the proud state of Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen, a wrestling genius much like me, the one and only Uncle Mad. What's up, man? Not too much. Thank you for that uh, shining introduction. I do my best. And, you know, I've, I've, as everybody knows, I've been trying to get you on the show, but I think we finally got it because I think this one, more than anything, you, you have to be on for this one. You really do. Because you've been sensing this for a while. Yeah, this is uh this has kind of been building for basically almost a year to the date and just uh unfortunately this is one if you whoop, there we go. Unfortunately if you follow uh the insides and outsides of professional wrestling you can kind of see this one coming, unfortunately. I mean CM Punk got fired. Man. And and there's just so many surrounding talking points to where like this whole thing starts, you know, last year they have this thing called the AEW Media Scrum. You know, it involves the Elite. It involves CM Punk, apparently not some very kind words towards Hangman Adam Page. And then he's gone for a while. I mean, we just didn't know what the heck's going on. He comes back. He, how do you say, reveals he was injured. And then we think that everything's back to normal. And here we go again. Yeah, yeah, you would have thought, you know with the time off with the kind of interim they had between the incident last year at all out and this year and CM Punk's return, things could have got ironed out a little bit better. Everybody could have got on the same page, but uh, it just seems like the issues that started everything last year never got fully solved. And just, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I, I think Tony Khan's done a lot of really good stuff in the early days of AEW, but uh, you know, Punk certainly has a lot of blame to put on his shoulders, but this feels like a lot to me, like a thing that, uh, Tony Khan maybe should have sniffed out and taken some steps to nip it in the bud before it festered again like it did. I mean, part of me says we can't say Tony Khan did everything he could to basically piece things out, but it, it, it's just it, it's just so freaking overwhelming because, you know, the fact that Tony Khan is the man who convinced CM Punk to come back to pro wrestling after the guy was gone for, what was it, eight years at that point? Seven yeah. or seven or eight years. Yeah, no, no, I and in that regard, I, I can't blame him for wanting to keep things going to try to keep Punk on board. But you know, we, we've seen this throughout the history of professional wrestling when you've got like those big egos in the locker room and you don't solve the problems, you just hope it goes away. It doesn't doesn't really work out well. You know, there, there was it was very interesting right before last year's little incident it all out uh he was on dave Meltzer's podcast and dave Meltzer kind of like referenced like hey you know there's been some stuff going on behind the scenes you know are you all worried you might have like a sean and brett type situation on your hands and i think tony khan's comment was something like to the fact of well you know sean and brett drew pretty well so you know if we've got that we might be doing good and then one night later was when the uh infamous brawl out incident happened between the elite and cm punk so it was one of those where it's like you got to get those egos in check man you know and it took you it did draw on that one night in Montreal, but Bret Hart was gone from WWE for 10 years after that. So, I mean, these, these things, you gotta, you, you gotta take some leadership sometimes and try to get them fixed. It seemed like his solution was just to, well, if everybody's on different shows, it won't be a problem, but then you do your big show in London where everybody's in the same building for the first time and first chance mm -hmm. to pop off and it pops off again. 
you know, and, and it's sad too because look, you know, and I've got I've got so many details, you know, around me. I mean, this whole thing stems from a, an alleged backstage incident that involves uh, Jack Perry, who recently, you know, was known as Jungle Boy. You know, a lot of sources will say some different things, but you know, there's one particular thing that I did. There's one particular note sheet that I did send you, but mm. other than that, I, I think it involves like after the match or something like that. I mean, again, the whole thing is just. It's mind-boggling, and, and I'm trying to fi- find exactly what happened. But again, there was the physical altercation between the two that resulted in both of them getting suspended. Yeah, from my understanding, there had been a little bit of a tension between the two of them going back for a while because apparently a few weeks back, Jack Perry wanted to do an angle on a, an episode of AEW Collision where he would have been put through glass or thrown on some glass and would have uh, – given him a storyline reason to be off the next week because he had a planned vacation that had been approved and CM Punk was, you know, the marshal, the sheriff, the old Stone Cold Steve Austin sheriff, the collision and came up and said, Hey, we don't do those dangerous type spots on this show. If you want to do that, you got to do that on Wednesday night. And so that led to some tension between him and Jack Perry. So at the show in his match, Jack Perry is going to do a spot on a car on a windshield. And he just looks at the windshield, taps the glass and he says, this is real glass, brother. Cry me a river, which, you know, 95% of wrestling fans probably were just like, oh, he wants us to let it, let us know that this is actually going to be a painful spot if they do something on here. But to that 5-10% of us that, like, follow the inside goings of wrestling that knew this is a call-out to CM Punk, this is a shot at the issue with CM Punk, that was a clear warning sign. And then apparently, like you said, once he went backstage, CM Punk wasn't happy about that call-out, and the incident ensued. And there's been multiple versions of what happened. Sometimes Perry's the one who initiated the contact. Sometimes CM Punk's the one. Sometimes it's kind of a mutual bumping of chest, what you want to call it. But uh, either way, it's you know it's something that shouldn't be happening right there. Both guys have to be better than that in that situation. Absolutely, it's actually what I sent you earlier that I was looking at. So now this is from on Facebook called All Things Wrestling, but they they do acknowledge that this is this came from the Wrestling Observer. So this it starts by saying that apparently after Perry went to the back, CM Punk approached him aggressively, it came nose to nose and asked him if he had a problem, and then it says that Perry says he was only trying to get heat, which I get, when you're a heel character, you want to get heat because you want the fans to be invested in, in it, so, and then it says that Punk shoved him really hard, and then Perry got, got in his face, which resulted in Punk sucker punching him and allegedly going for a choke, of course, people were there, and then, you know, people jumped in to break it up, we all, from what I understand, Samoa Joe was the one that reportedly broke it up. But even Tony uh, Tony Khan was there, and Tony Punk was screaming to Punk, uh, Punk to let him go. Punk allegedly lunged towards Khan, and then he then he started screaming, "I quit, I quit, I quit!" And then Joe came in, and then I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Samoa Samoa Joe is the one to, to calm CM Punk down. It's no surprise because those two, those two have got history. And I'm not talking about yeah. bad history. I'm talking about good history. I mean, I said it in a previous episode about their match at All In in London, you know, going, dating back to the days at Ring of Honor, the early days. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of people who've kind of said, you know, with Punk being terminated, with him having burned most of the bridges in the wrestling industry, you know, it, it would be at least somewhat fitting if his final match was against his, you know, most legendary rival in Samoa yeah. Joe. But uh, uh, it was interesting. It seems like whatever happened between him and Tony Khan was more of the uh, crux of what led to his firing. I listened to uh, last night's Wrestling Observer radio, radio with Dave Meltzer, and he seemed like he felt like a little bit more 
comfortable opening up now that Punk had been terminated because he's taken a lot of heat. A lot of people have accused him of being, you know, biased to the Young Bucks, biased to the elite and trying to, like, have an agenda against anybody that goes against them. But he, if you if you read The Observer, if you listen to his radio shows, he's got multiple sides or telling multiple versions of the story. And he's always just sharing the information he's got. He's it's, it's only the people who have been told that he's biased that think he's biased. But he shared last night that uh, the use of the word lunged at Tony Khan was him trying to um, be uh, nice to CM Punk or trying to be, you know, not going full out on what he had actually heard because he didn't have enough to say what he had really heard. He implied that whatever CM Punk did to Tony Khan was beyond lunging at him, but he had used the term lunge because he didn't feel comfortable going to the links of what had actually happened that he had been told. I mean, all we know, ladies and gentlemen, is what we is what we've seen on the internet. Like Matt and I, we weren't we weren't there. So you know, mm-hmm. and, and interesting enough, Bully Ray. I mean, of course, Bully Ray had something to say about it. I mean, look, Bully Ray is a veteran in the business, so you, you can't say what he's saying is harsh. I mean, a guy like Bully Ray, who's done so much, you know, you know, going back to the Dudleys and the you know the Bully Ray at Impact Wrestling, you know. This is what he had to say. So he describes him as, and I quote, Jungle Boy is an er- ignorant uh, ignorant young boy who doesn't understand this industry, unquote. It, another quote, and I quote, he doesn't know better. He's a young brass kid who doesn't know better. And I'm sure the dirt sheets are going to have a field day with this one. But he needs to be sat down by a veteran like a Taz or JR or Billy Gunn, one of those guys, to be made understand and to be educated as to why you don't do those things on camera. So I did kind of change the little quote a little bit, but... But the bottom line is, I mean, Bully Ray basically saying that Jungle Boy is just a young kid who doesn't fully understand the business just yet. Yeah, no, I definitely think it was probably not a good decision on uh, Jungle Boy's part, Jack Perry's part, to say what he said. But I, I have like started to see a little bit of hypocrisy in uh, people on this regard who seem to be on CM Punk's side, where you know CM Punk's first promo back when he came back to AEW, he had a little line about, counterfeit bucks you know we know who that was probably taking a shot at you know he uh, famously a couple weeks ago after they went off the air uh, had a talked about adam page being a peg warmer because nobody buys his toys seems like cm punk is okay taking these little shots these little underhanded digs at the people he has a problem with but you know somebody does it to him you know he's right there to get in that person's face so it's like you know i understand bully ray's point yeah it's definitely not something alec or uh, jungle jungle boy should have been saying but at the same time you know, we've seen it from Punk nonstop basically since he came back. It's, it's just a little bit of the hypocrisy. And it's, I've been a CM Punk fan for, you know, a very long time, back to his Ring of Honor days. And so I I, I find myself being very disappointed in, you know, with how he's handled everything going back over the last year. Definitely. And and to uh, close out uh, on Bully Ray's words, I mean, I, and I, this is the best way to close it like that. You know, he basically uh, acknowledges, you know, and I quote, back in the day, there was a way to handle young boys like Jack Perry. Some of those ways still apply. And I'm not talking about being the shit out of him, but back in the day, that's what would have happened, unquote. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, we all know the, the infamous story between the Dynamite Kid and Jacques Rougeau, who, of course, turned out to be the Mountie. I mean, except, you, yeah. So, yeah, but, but that, that's a different story for another time. But, you know, you know what? <laughs> See, a friend of mine was talking to me about this. He mentioned the 2005 Royal Rumble. You remember Daniel Pewter in the 2005 Royal Rumble? How he got the late Chris Benoit, the late Eddie Guerrero, and Hardcore Holly delivered mm-hmm. a number of stiff chops to the guy? 
Yep, no doubt. I have a that feeling was, uh, bully race kind famous. of referring to something a little bit like that. Now, this is totally off subject, but we all remember the the his Pewter's incident with Kurt Angle in that legitimate wrestling match, right? Do you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Were Kurt Some Angle people say gonna... it's because Daniel Pewter almost broke Kurt Angle's arm. They say that that's the reason why he got that chopping beating in the Royal Rumble. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but but to, bullies, to bully Ray's point, I mean, there's a way to punish the young wrestlers, but I always say, like... You have to punish them accordingly, but again, I mean, Bullies is a veteran in the business. I can't, I can't really call him out for saying any of this because again, I don't know what it's like to be in the pro wrestling business. I've studied the pro wrestling business to an extent as a journalist, but but to work in it, I don't know anything about it. So again, I can't, I can't throw Bully Ray nor CM Punk or Jack Perry too far under the bus. No, no, no doubt. I mean, the wrestling industry has been built built on you know. Guys get their receipts, the old saying that if, you know, you uh, potato a guy, you're going to get your receipt later in the match. But I think at the same time, uh, you know, fully raised from a different era, there has to be some acknowledgement. This is uh, 2023. These are billion dollar industries with massive media contracts. You know, uh, A&E or AEW has a huge partnership with Warner Brothers Discovery, one of like the biggest media companies in the world. You know, there's a reason WWE went PG when they did, because, you know, we're, we're not trying to be the old carny days of wrestling where it's, you know, sucker the fans and trick them into buy, spending their money. It's it's these are supposed to be big media industries now. And so like the old way of doing things of this guy got out of line. We got to teach him something in the ring, you know. You know, especially in the era where everybody's going to sue you for anything you do, you got to you got to walk on eggshells <laughs> a little bit more. And, you know, you know, you know, I understand Billy Ray. That's his era. The ECW days where no, t- you know talk about the stuff that happened at ECW, this, the receipts they gave guys, you know, the famous, uh, was it New Jack and the mass transit incident where like oh, they yeah. wanted to prove oh, a point boy. with that kid. Yeah. I mean, I get Bully Ray, that's his era, but y- you can't do that kind of stuff nowadays. You got to be smarter. Like, and I don't know why this just could have been a talking to, I don't know why CM Punk had to get in his face and like have a physical altercation over it, over something that, like I said, CM Punk has been just as guilty about dropping these little subtle barbs at people on TV too. So it's a, and that, this Not is why I like, you know, a lot, a lot of respect for Tony Conway's know what they do, but I definitely think he holds some responsibility for not trying to mediate this, trying to at least get some kind of peace before bringing CM Punk back because the word on the street is, you know, that there still is no peace between him and the elites. They, ha- they haven't sat down. Nobody's apologized for the initial incident last year. It, it's all still just simmering. It's all just waiting for it to go over the top. And, you know, when you know CM Punk's already gone over the top before, what's the, the old saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again without expecting different results. So it's like, <laughs> hey, this guy flipped out a year ago. Let's just not solve anything and bring him back and hope for the best. It's, you know, I mean, it was always, it's almost always going to end up this way. I think the biggest problem with Tony Khan is, I think, is the habit of letting the inmates run the asylum. Yeah. I mean, that's, the down, that, that's what led to the downfall of World Championship Wrestling, but... I mean, in Tony Khan's case, giving creative freedom to the talent, that's one thing, but still, you've you got to maintain some law and order. So my advice to Tony Khan, this is just purely advice, is to, is to call – if you can call a meeting with all the talents and kind of lay the law, that's what he needs to do. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, now I'm overwhelmed with, with all this excitement and the, and the adrenaline. I can't even talk. Mm-hmm. But you know, and looking at everything, I mean, even Eric, even Eric Bischoff apparently. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to pull up this article, but this is the headline that he blasted CM Punk and uh, you know for being quote a cancer to AEW. Yeah, 
No, and I, I don't want to be too harsh on Tony Khan because I do sympathize with him because, I mean, like, CM Punk is, you know, probably the biggest get he's got in terms of bringing in a free agent. You know, Jericho, one of the best of all time, but, you know, CM Punk was gone from wrestling. Nobody knew if he was ever going to come back again. Tony Khan convinces him to come back. So that was a huge statement. That was a huge blow in kind of the blossoming war between AEW and WWE. Um, and also there's been, you know, certain speculation that, Warner Brothers Discovery, their partner, was very high on CM Punk. You know, CM Punk himself in his return promo said that David Zasloff, the president of Warner Brothers Discovery, referred to him as one Bill Phil because they thought he was worth a billion dollars, which, you know, that's a, another story for another day. But, you know, I, I can understand Tony's want to make it work, wanting to keep CM Punk on board because he was such a big deal. He did have the potential to be a game changer for AEW in the way, you know, I love Kenny Omega. I love Adam Page. I love, you know, Orange Cassidy, all these other guys, but none of them have really had that same mainstream next level success that Punk had and getting him to come back to wrestling, you know, was such a different thing than, you know, Jericho, probably my favorite wrestler of all time, but he's always been the, yeah, we're, we're on the same page with that, but, you know, getting Jericho, who's always been in wrestling, who's been around the world, who's wrestled everywhere, probably didn't hit the same as getting CM Punk, who most people thought might never wrestle again. So I can understand and sympathize with Tony and kind of bending over a little bit, you know, trying to make it work with CM Punk when it probably was never going to work. But so I don't want to totally harp on Tony yeah. and like blame him. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think the person most responsible is CM Punk. Cause he seems to be a, this guy who just can't get over stuff, has these grudges, has these issues. And he just, can't seem to get past them, and they seem to like affect him in like a different way than most people. Like, I, like I don't, I don't understand how you go. Like this, Jack Perry says this little throwaway line on TV, and you decide you have to fight him. Like, I don't know if like when he went to UFC, he thought he was a tough guy all of a sudden, or what happened because you know he had his issues in WWE, but you'd never heard of him. Like, you know, when he was beefing with Triple H, he never went and like do a punch at Triple H in the locker room or anything like that. I don't know why all of a sudden he could say, I don't think he's like, he's so much bigger than everybody else in AEW that he's the tough guy. He's UFC fighter. Now he's got to be a fighter. Now. I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that is. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, because I, I can't throw those guys too far under the bus. Cause again, I don't know what's like to be their position, but you know, uh, go back to everything with, with CM Punk, you know, it, it's a shame because I was hoping now, now that he's back, cause I said this in, in a few episodes, hopefully he'll sit down with the elite They'll talk things over. They'll shake hands and say, look, let's let's put this behind us for the sake of the business, for the sake of our fans. Let's do something to make money. And I was hoping maybe CM Punk would have a rivalry with Eddie Kingston. That's something I would have loved to have seen because mm-hmm. they're both masters on the mic. Yep. I would love to see another Jericho versus CM Punk rivalry again. Um, a lot of things, but, and you know... The fact, you know, CM Punk comes back and then he starts off this new storyline with the real AEW title. And I was actually liking where this was supposedly was headed, but now it's gone. And I would imagine the the physical title within itself is property of AEW because it's it's Tony Khan's property. So I would imagine that, well, I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, if, if the possession of the bell will be returned to Khan. At least I hope so, because then we're thinking, we're definitely thinking uh, legal action at that point, but... But again, again, it's just you know, when this happened, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even think of looking this up until I got that message from you while I was at work. I mean, I waited. I mean, I didn't respond to you about thirty minutes after you sent it to me, and then I was like, "Huh, what's that?" And then I literally go on the internet and look up CM Punk, and then all that. I'm like, "Oh boy, oh boy." 
Yeah, yeah. No, you hit on it a little bit. I think probably at the end of the day, the most disappointing thing about the whole situation is just the uh, the opportunities that are lost from the situation. Because I think when he left WWE, you know, he'd done a lot there. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, left that you would say like, oh, man, we still need a CM Punk versus so-and-so match. He, 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 he'd had a good run in WWE. He'd done it all at that point in time. But, you know, we're walking away now. We never got the CM Punk Kenny Omega match we could have got. We never got another CM Punk Brian Danielson match. Uh, wow. FTR and CM Punk versus the elite would have been, you know, electric, you know, as you mentioned, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, so many, you know, the eventual MJF, CM Punk title versus title match that they were oh. clearly heading towards, you know, so many oh. great matches, so many great opportunities. And, you know, I think the thing that I've heard over and over again from like other, you know, people covering wrestling is you can never say never. I mean, I mentioned Brett and Sean before we, we saw them come back and hug in a ring together and mm-hmm. seen them be in the ring together before. So, you know, Time can heal all wounds. Money can heal all wounds. If you know, if AEW keeps getting nice TV deals, if you know enough money gets put in certain situations, if enough opportunity happens for you know other people, it's not the end of it. You know, it certainly it certainly is a stick in the mud. This isn't happening anytime soon, but um, yeah, it's definitely disappointing to know that like all those potential matchups, all those potential rivalries, the potential promos, like you said, Eddie Kingston versus Punk. I mean a month of those two going back and forth to build up a match would have just been like all time TV. And we're, oh, we're kind of denied that now. It would have been gold. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, one particular uh, controversial wrestling guy would have shadow over. I don't even want to say his name because he's just so negative about today's wrestling. He's still stuck in the eighties, but I think, you know who I'm talking about, but you know, you, you mentioned yes. M- M- MJF because I, I've said many times the story between MJF and CM Punk never finished and never finished. Yeah. And now it never will. So some so so part of me now, I, I don't know if I should say I feel bad for MJF because I feel like finish not finishing this thing is an opportunity that's missed for him and his in his brilliant career. But again, I mean, this not only affects MJF then in this case, this affects a lot of wrestlers like you know Eddie Kingston as I just mentioned, and you know who would love to see you know Brian Danielson versus CM Punk. And speaking of Danielson, he's actually working in the card uh, at All Out, and, and you know. And Miro came back, and, and speaking of Miro, there was actually, you know, and, and here's a, another source, uh, that even Miro and CM Punk supposedly had an altercation as well, because after mm-hmm. the incident, Miro supposedly approached Punk and asked him what happened, and then Punk responded by saying, do you have a problem? We can, we can go sell this outside. I mean, I mean, th- there was no physical altercation from, from what I'm told, but the Redeemer, you know, who, who, who is, he's known as uh, Miro, formerly known as Rusev, Ask CM Punk if there was a if there was a problem or whatever. So we're asking what happened, but Punk I think fired back asking if you have a problem, you want to go outside and take care of this. I mean, yeah, no, no. You you mentioned people being affected by it. I mean, I, you mentioned Brian Danielson. He's wrestling tonight. He's facing Ricky Starks, and you know, according to Wrestling Observer and several other sources, that match was supposed to be CM Punk versus Ricky Starks in the main event. It was, tonight. yeah, it was. So I mean, Ricky Starks. You know, I mean. That, that's not a bad step back if you're like losing your CM Punk match and getting to wrestle Brian Danielson instead. So it, it kind of worked out for Ricky Starks, but I mean, to go, you know, to think you're going to be in the main event one segment against like, you know, somebody like CM Punk and then you still get Brian Danielson. So I mean, it kind of worked out for him, but I mean, it, it's, it, it sucks all around. Cause you would, I wanted everything to work out. Like I said, I've been a CM Punk fan forever and I, I hate that it's not working out. I hate that things played out the way they did. Cause you know, in a dream world, he would have come back from the injury, from the time away, patched things up, and we would have gotten all these dream matches and all these, you know, great feuds that we, you know, now it looks like may never get. 
I mean, everybody's asking, does he go back to WWE? No. It doesn't matter if Vince is in charge or if Triple H is in charge. He's, he can't, I mean, right now from the looks of it, there's really no way. But of course, people say, what if they just, what if they offer him this or this or that? I'm like, I don't, I mean, at this point, right now you ask yourself, is anybody going to take a chance? Is New Japan going to want to take a chance? Or Triple A uh, in Mexico, are they going to want to take a chance? Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance. I mean, ring. I mean, people say, well, Ring of Honor is all elite. So yeah, Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And again, it's sad because CM Punk is one of the Ring of Honor originals. I mean, those two yeah. back-to-back sixty-minute time limit draws with Samoa Joe. Those are. I mean, those are just match. Those matches. I mean, sometimes it's hard to watch a, a match that ends up in a draw. But when I go back and watch it, you know, I remind myself that when I was watching it for the first time, I did not want to get up. Like I wanted to see what would happen next. And the fact that they did this back-to-back 60-minute time limit draws, that's a story. I mean, and, and, and it culminates, you know, 20-something years later where they're at, where they're at in their career. Yeah, so kind of seems like it ended where it finished uh, for CM Punk in, in that regard. But, yeah, but, but, but as far as his future goes, he might be done. I mean, he might be done with wrestling at this point because, again, because of his – I think now he's, too, he's far beyond a liability, if you ask me. And not not yeah. and not only not just for promoters, but for you know for the talent, but I also think for sponsorships as well. Because of the controversy, yeah. some companies are not going to want to risk you know being involved, getting him involved, or working with a company that employs him. And I hate yeah. to say this because again, I, I love CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk, the mic skills has helped me be able to be a better speaker, much like Jericho and a lot of wrestlers, even Paul Heyman. CM Punk's a person I I'm grateful for. On a personal basis, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you've you've definitely delivered some pipe bombs of your own on your shows over the years. So, I mean, no, no, I can definitely see the influence there. But I mean, I, I think I can't remember if it was. Uh, I think it might have been Sean Ross Sapp on one of his podcasts was talking about what a difference a year makes and how the leverage CM Punk might have had to go to WWE if he'd left AEW after the first incident last year compared to this year. Because uh, you look at WWE now, how hot they are with the Bloodline storyline, with the Judgment Day, with like, you know, all their ratings. You know, last year w- AEW was on the rise, and WWE probably would have been happy to poach him from AEW. But now they, you know, they got Cody Rhodes, they've got the Judgment Day, they've got the Bloodline. Things are just clicking for yeah. WWE. They they don't need to take on a headache like CM Punk, take on the you know, offer him a big deal. So he's kind of. He's, he's kind of in a rough spot where, you know, if he wants to work, he's probably going to have to suck up his pride and go somewhere that and take less money, take less opportunity than he thinks he probably deserves. I mean, either, either way, I doubt that he'd, he'd even want to go back to WWE. I mean, if, if, if he were, I, I, would, I would love to see him feud, feud with the Judgment Day. That would certainly be something cool. But, but right now, when you think of it, I mean, is there really any – would they really even have anything relevant for CM Punk in WWE? Because I always say the only thing better, the only thing WWE's better at than AEW is the storytelling. Other than that, AEW produces the good matches, but WWE has the better storylines. Although yeah. right now the storyline between MJF and Adam Cole, that's something that's that's certainly building for a while. Yeah. And of course, F, and FTR and the Young Bucks—they're about to actually, I think, you know, kind of push that a little bit. I mean, uh, looking at the card right now, FTR and the Young Bucks are supposed to team up against the Bullet Gold Club. Or the, the Bullet mm-hmm. Club gold, I should say. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, and we also that we all and as you recall in the episode, I mentioned the Young Bucks, the FTR extended the hands, but but the Young Bucks didn't do it. So we, something could happen tonight, which could you know progress the story. So AEW is sm- slowly progressing as far as improvement in stories, but they got to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of hopeful with this kind of push this behind them that we're, they can kind of refocus on, you know, the guys and girls they have and not try to, like, deal with so much of the drama and balancing who can be on what show, who's allowed to be where, you know. It can hopefully go back to a harmonious locker room, you know. Hopefully they can get everybody healthy, you know, with Brian Danielson coming back. That's a huge one. So hopefully they can, you know, have a clear focus, have, you know, right the ship and kind of move forward from this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it is it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, I mean, I do have the you know the statement. You know, it didn't take long for Tony Khan, who the CEO, the general manager, and the, and the head head of creative direction for All Elite Wrestling, in his statement he mentions, and I quote, "Phil played an important role within AEW, and I thank him for the contributions." Unquote. I'm going to end it there. I mean, I mean, the merch is still selling. All of a sudden, the merch is, is surging higher than ever. So I think right now, as part of the deal, they're gonna they're gonna sell the remaining merch, and when that's so, and then CM Punk is gonna get his share. And when that's done, I, I think that's basically gonna be it. So I, I'm glad they're at least gonna finish that part. So, but again, it, it, it's just sad that what was once a good alliance, a partnership, and a business relationship that really had its potential. It's 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 resulted in a serious fallout, and while this is gonna, I mean, this is money being thrown down the toilet. At the end of the day, Tony Khan was at a point where he had no choice. I mean, again, you mentioned the Montreal screw job. See, I always say it like this: Vince dealt with two massive egos, okay, and since one of them was leaving, and and as and I learned this from this particular uh, wrestling figure, Jim Cornette, in pro wrestling, there's a time honored honor tradition. That when you leave a promotion or, or back in the day, a territory, you lose on the way out. So that would tell me, well, Bret Hart, you know, growing up in this business, you know, working for his dad's promotion, he would have figured that. So, again, when you deal with egos, at some point, you just got to say, F it. I'm going to be hated for this forever, but I got to do what's best for my company. So, so you know, it, 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 it is what it is, and I really feel like Tony Khan had no choice. And I really feel like this is honestly – for the good of CM Punk too, because I feel like if things had just gotten worse, bad bad things would have happened. Like he would have not have been he would be he was probably maybe already disliked in the locker room, but things probably would have gotten only even worse. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt at all. So, well, Honestly, at this point, we've covered everything. So, uh, any, any last things you want to say before uh, before we go? Uh, no, I appreciate you having me back on. I'm glad we were finally able to uh, make the stars align to be able to get one together for this. Because uh, we've been trying for like a couple weeks with all the different stuff that's been going on to get one on together. So, glad we finally got to jump on and chat again. Always fun to come on here. And uh, whether it's soccer, whether it's wrestling, always fun to be on with the bear. Well, you're welcome anytime, just so you know. So... Uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on. But before I let everybody go, I'd like to remind everybody that Ringside Chaos is on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. It's even on Amazon Music. And, of course, it's on YouTube. So what I need everybody to do, 
hit the subscribe button, but please be sure that you hit the notification bell because I need to know for sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. And as Uncle Matt kindly just said, also check out my football show, Into the Net FC, because it's the greatest football podcast in the history of the world. Much like this show, Ringside Chaos, is the greatest pro wrestling podcast in the world. So if you know somebody that loves professional wrestling, please have them subscribe to this show. And if you know somebody that loves football, have them check out Into the Net FC, because I promise you, no, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Matt? Uncle Matt, thank you for coming on once again. And again, you are welcome on anytime. The door cannot close on you, my friend. My forbidden door will not close on you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>